Welcome to another episode of NFL Draft Preview presented by Verizon. Ethan Greenberg, Dane Brugler. Dane, this is an exciting time of the year. It's not your time of year because it's not draft season right now. It's being put on pause. This is full-fledged, full-fledged, yeah, full-fledged free agent season right now. Obviously, a lot of smoke right now with the Jets and a certain quarterback that no one really knows what's going on. And by the time this podcast airs, maybe something will have happened. But as the time that we're recording, the Jets right now, Seem to be in talks with Aaron Rodgers. No one really knows, but that's the status. So, and we'll see what happens in terms of a trade compensation, whether it's draft, whether it's players in return, if it, if it in fact happens, right? So there's like a lot of things that were like, if that happens, maybe, 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 maybe. But all that to say, right now with the Jets, what's your take on what could happen before we talk about the draft? I mean, it's, we're talking a little bit before we hit record about how there just seems like there's too much smoke uh, in the room. You know, you could barely breathe uh, with all the smoke. So uh, it seems like that's the you know direction we're headed, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we, we've seen some reactions already from guy, you know, Garrett Wilson, and uh, you know, I, I think just the aside from obviously what's going to happen on the field, uh, just the the vibe that it brings, I, I think will be uh, overwhelmingly positive to that locker room, to the fan base. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm waiting, hitting, hitting refresh on Twitter, waiting for the news to come across, see what happens so we can, uh, you know, kind of move on and start preparing for it. So this is what we know, okay? And we're going to use free agency as a tool to talk about the Jets draft. We know that the Jets have gone out to California, right, reportedly so, to talk to Aaron Rodgers. That's all we know in regard to AR-12. Then it was reported today by ESPN's Adam Schefter that Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb could be options for the Jets, and then most recently, Mercedes Lewis, the tight end. So right now, if you were to look at the Jets' offense, right, as it stands, and using the the reports that are out there to talk about what could happen in April in Kansas City for the Jets. You would imagine that free agency, not re- or you'd imagine wide receiver, not really on the board, at least early for the Jets, if they would have potentially Lazard, Cobb, maybe Corey Davis. He's under contract as we record this. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. That's a pretty loaded wide receiver group. Then you look at the tight ends. You're talking about, C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin, Jeremy Ruckert, potentially Mercedes Lewis. You're, mo- you're probably not looking at a tight end there. The offensive line, specifically tackle, we talked about. But one position that we have not talked about yet is center. Connor McGovern has been a staple for the Jets the last three seasons. Started all 17 games for the Jets. He was one of two offensive linemen to do so. The other one was Lakin Tomlinson. So let's say the Jets want to add a center in the draft. What is the earliest option for the Jets that you think makes sense based on the talent that's available? I think there are two guys that you could look at in the second round and say, okay, these are guys we can plug in and they're going to help our offense pretty quickly. Um, the, the more pro-ready of the two is John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, uh, six three and a half, three hundred 300 pounds. Uh, he's a six-year senior, super senior. So he's played a lot of football uh, and, and he's, a, he's a true center. I mean, he lines up in the pivot and he's got the frame for it, the mass, uh, he's really good with angles. Uh, he's very skillful with the way he uses his hands, positions his body. Um, and he's just been a guy that's been rock steady, uh, very, very consistent. Not not the best athlete, uh, you know, out there, but, you know, he can move. Um, he's got the strength. He's got the finishing attitude. So I, I think that he's – can the consistency get a little bit better? Yeah, and that's why we're talking about him as probably more of a second rounder than a first rounder. 
but he's a functional pro starter. Um, but he's my number two uh, center in this class. My number one center in this class is Joe Tittman uh, from Wisconsin. A little bit taller than your your usual center. He's 6'6", 313 pounds. He was a tackle in uh, in high school. And then when he goes to, goes to Wisconsin, they like to cross train. So he's, he's uh, working out as a guard. He's working out as a tackle. But in order to get the best five on the field, they move him to center because he has that athleticism. He has that uh, the movement skills that you're looking for. Uh, and he's he's so good at getting out in space, very fluid, very rangy for that size. Uh, and he's very smart. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that understands uh, what the defense is doing, and he reaches the point before the defender. Uh, and he has the play strength to hold up. So uh, now he's a little, uh, probably a little more unpolished than John Michael Schmitz. So maybe there's a little, uh, you know, he's on, spends too much time on the ground. He, he needs to uh, improve in some of those technical areas. But he's a guy that has the quickness, has the power, has the vision, uh, and, and they're all – that's what you want at the center position. So uh, as long as you – especially for a team running a lot of wide zone and get out in space, that's where Tittman really thrives. And so he's a possibility there in the second round. Maybe not as polished as you're looking for, but I think he has position flex, and I think that he's a guy that you know is going to be a longtime starter for your line. Do you think both of those guys are – like, what are the chances both guys are available by the time the Jets select in the second round? Or is there a chance that one, if not both of those guys, are scooped up? I think there's a good chance those are the only two centers drafted in the first three rounds. Um, and because wow. of that, it, it's it's not a bad center class. It's just an okay center class. There's some decent options on day three. Uh, you know, talk about Luke Whipler from Ohio State, Ricky Stromberg, um, Arkansas. Um, Alex Forsyth, Oregon. I mean, there's some quality center options once you get to day three. And maybe even one or two of those guys sneaks into the top 100 just because the, the need is so great for some of these teams. But I, I think when you talk about those top two guys, because it's not a great center group in the, in the top 100 picks, maybe one of those two centers goes a little bit earlier uh, than maybe they uh, they should, even in the first round. So it's really hard to say at this point if one or both will be there when the Jets pick in the second round because some of these teams have uh, have a need at center and they don't want to wait until the second round to find out. So it will be interesting to see how long these guys will last. I'm thinking about the second round and centers just in recent memory. Like, let's say the Jets don't re-sign Connor McGovern. There is a chance that he does re-sign because free agency is a fluid situation. Anything can happen at any time. I just felt my watch buzz, just making sure it wasn't something crazy. And I don't think it is as of now. And it is not. It is something about Michael Thomas and the Saints. Okay. But but Diana Russini of ESPN tweeted a couple minutes ago that Aaron Rodgers has provided the New York Jets with a wish list of free agents he would like them to target and acquire per sources. It includes Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, who we've all mentioned so far on NFL Draft Preview presented by Verizon, and one more player who is an offensive weapon, Odell Beckham Jr. So so that that is, I guess, according to Diana Rossini, a part of the free agent wish list provided from Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets, who is not the Jets quarterback as of now. Again, this is all just hearsay. This is all smoke. We don't know what's going on, but that is what is being reported right now. And so back to the draft talk, back to the center talk, Connor McGovern might be a Jet next year. He might not be. But let's say the Jets, for all intents and purposes for this conversation, decide to draft a guy. I'm thinking about recent memory in 2021, 
the Kansas City Chiefs selected Creed Humphrey Creed in the Humphrey. second round. And that was pick number 63. The pick before that was Josh Myers, who snapped the ball to Aaron Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers. Creed Humphrey's obviously a very good player in this league that was acquired in the second round of the draft. The first center selected in 2021, I think, was technically Landon Dickerson, but Landon Dickerson also had that position versatility where he played anywhere. He doesn't play center right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. He plays guard. So do you think that teams might overthink any of those two guys when – Creed Humphrey, to me, who's not the draft expert you are, seemed like pretty much a plug-and-play guy. And he got fell to the second round and obviously was a plug-and-play guy and a very good one. I have yet to hear a good reason why Creed Humphrey fell as far as he did. Um, I, I mean, the Chiefs just got – I mean, sometimes in the draft it takes luck. You know, the right guy to fall to you. And that's what happened for the Chiefs that year. No idea why most NFL teams – overthought a guy like that who had such great tape tested well um had, had a good senior bowl uh i mean there, there's just there are so many things pointing to him being a, a really strong nfl starter and we're seeing that right now with the chiefs with these two guys i you know it, it, i think it'd be easy to when uh it, you know you got a guy like joe titman who is a little bit taller than you know your usual center and that might be an issue for some teams uh he spends way too much time on the ground needs to improve his pad level so some of those issues maybe uh, it could be uh, something that keeps a team from drafting uh, a, a Joe Titman in the top 50. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, he's an older player. He's going to be 24 years old uh, he's, uh, this next week, I believe. So, you know, he's a guy that has, uh, you know, been around a long time, and some teams will overthink that. So, I you know, to be a Creed Humphrey is, is a tough thing to put on either one of these two guys because Creed Humphrey was, uh, you know, such a, a, a really talented uh, prospect. I don't think either of these two guys are quite on that level, but we're talking about two guys that can be NFL starters. And, you know, when you're drafting day two, that should be the goal. It shouldn't be to, you know, hopefully we find a pro bowler. Let's, let's just get good players. Let's get starters. who are going to help us win and help us get to uh, where we want to go. And that's the playoffs and the Super Bowl. All right. So moving on here on our, I'm going to call this like the crossover edition between free agency and the draft because free agency crystallizes the draft picture, right? Like, isn't that how that works from an evaluation perspective when looking at mock drafts and doing that exercise? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you, you know, because obviously teams, based on what they do with free agency, that alters what they do in the draft. And, you know, you always draft talent over need, and especially early. But it's, especially when we talk about second round, third round, you know, it, it's uh, that's where you try to plug some of those holes. And so, yeah, the free agency – Mock drafts before free agency and mock drafts after free agency understandably look a lot different. All right, so it is March 14th. Spring training is going on in baseball right now. Mm -hmm. Can I throw a curve at you right here? You yeah, ready? Right you ready for this? Okay, so in Indianapolis, when we were at the Combine, we did two live shows. One of them, Rhett Lewis of NFL Network came on the live show, and he was mm -hmm. talking about a, a guy as he would view as a potential option at 13. In, in what is already a pretty loaded room for the Jets, I would say, in terms of players that they've invested in, whether that be draft capital-wise or financially. That's tight mm -hmm. end. Rhett Lewis mm -hmm. loves Dalton Kincaid, and he said so much so that he would consider drafting him with the 13th overall selection. If it were, in fact, a best player available approach for the Jets, would that shoe fit for the green and white? 
Uh, I, I mean, I think yeah, if you're drafting Dalton Kincaid, if you're, if you're the Jets, I think you're probably drafting him as more of a wide receiver. Um, so, I mean, I think looking at your, the roster, especially if they sign Alan Lazard, you know, you have it, it's kind of crowded with guys that are going to be operating out of the slot. So I, I think it, it would be a little redundant in terms of role and what you want these guys to be. But Dalton Kincaid is the best pure pass catcher in this draft. Uh, just talking about being able to go up, isolate the football, come down with it better than any receiver in this draft, better than any other tight end in this draft. So if you're, you know, I don't, he's not a true inline tight end. He's more of a weapon in the slot, a guy with burst, with body control, outstanding ball skills, uh, drops on his tape. I mean, you, you need a, a magnifying glass. They're just, they're hard to find. So this is a guy, he's got a basketball background. You see it on the field, natural ball winner. Uh, he trusts his hands. He's a very good route runner and really good after the catch as well. Uh, that transition to, you know, secure and go. So for me, Dalton Kincaid on, on this team, yeah, it's a little redundant, but, it, you know, there's only so many targets to go around, especially if they sign some of these guys that we've been talking about. But if you're looking to get better on offense with your skill players, I, I can understand how you would come to the conclusion that, hey, Dalton Kincaid does that for us. So, you know, again, while I think it, it's, it might be a little bit crowded with what they could be doing in free agency, Dalton Kincaid makes your offense better because he is, again, the best pure pass catcher in the draft. And worthy of the 13th overall pick, regardless of who picks there? Yeah, I mean, you, I, it would not be hard to talk yourself into that. I mean, I think on my board, he's in the 20s, you know, and so, but again, because you can never have too many weapons. And so if you feel like, Dalton Kincaid is going to move your offense and you know, it's, he, I, I can certainly understand why you draft him as, as high as the top 15. And is he your tight end one? No. So I've got all these tight, the top four tight ends pretty closely uh, together. And it's it just, it's ice cream flavors. It depends on what you want. If you want a true <laughs> inline guy, Michael Mayer is your guy, you know? And so it, it but if you want more of the uh, sixth offensive lineman's got up, you know, passing, pass catching a, a, a potential, He's ascending Darnell Washington. Um, if you want the best combo where he's a good athlete, but he can also block for you, uh, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. And then if you want the best pure pass catcher, that's Kincaid. So it, it's it, they're all ice cream flavors. They're all good. It just matters what you're, uh, you know, what you're looking for. So, you know, I think every team uh, is going to be looking at these tight end rankings a little bit differently with based off of what they have on their roster already, how their offense operates, and the exact type of role they have in mind for their tight end. I've definitely asked you this before, and I don't care. I'm going to ask it again. You brought it up, so it's your own fault. Ice cream. What yeah. is your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, anything with Heath, Heath pieces in it. How about that for an answer? What? Uh, that is yeah, rogue. I love it. Oh, it's, it's the best out there. So, yeah, it's <laughs> – uh, you know, you're getting a blizzard from Dairy Queen. It's always Heath. If you're going, you know, uh, even if you're having something at home, have some Heath pieces off to the side. So you just you oh know, my throw God. a little bit in there. Uh, you can't go wrong. You, you like Cold Stone where they just mix it all in together for you? It's oh, one nice. big lump of whatever you get? I mean, you can't go wrong, right? I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I think I that's. I can't believe it, that. Well, I'm not knocking really, it. I mean, what, I'm not what, knocking what would you it. say? Wait, hold on. I'm not, I just want to be clear here. I'm not knocking okay. it. Okay. I just was not expecting you, I was not expecting to be talking about a Heath bar today. Like, I had to Google it to make sure that I, I knew what it was, just to, you know, make sure. And Wait, if you're what? listening and you're like, 
I was just making sure that I that I had every ingredient in a Heath bar in my head. <laughs> When's the last time I don't you know had if, a Heath bar? You know, I I if don't ever. know in my lifetime if I've ever gone to the store and purchased a Heath bar and and or if a buddy of mine or whatever has given me a Heath bar and I've eaten it from start to finish. I don't know. I I honestly think the answer is no. So I think I, I think I need to do it and get a review. Are you a big toffee guy? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, Heath, yes. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't eat a ton of sweets, but again, I mean, when I have ice cream, that's, you know, yeah, uh, it's the Heath bar. That's, uh, yeah, I can't go wrong with that. Yeah. A little I bit of I feel like cream, Schefter, yeah. by, by the way. I feel like I'm like Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport or any of these insiders, like looking at my phone, making sure nothing happens. Garrett Bradbury just re-signed with the Vikings, I think, okay. if I read that correctly in my two seconds. Speaking, anyway. Speaking of the centers. Yeah, speak exactly right on cue. Thank you, Garrett. My um, my go-to ice cream is honestly, it's probably one of two. It's either mint chocolate chip if it looks good, yeah. and if it's not, I'm probably going something that's cookie dough or Oreo based, like a cookies and cream, you know, like that's yeah. for me or chocolate chip cookie dough. I'm pretty simple. Um, no, yeah. but, I mean yeah. that's it, again, but that's 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 why the analogy fits, right? Because these guys, yeah. you know, they're all good, you know that. That sounds amazing. Uh, it just depends on what you're looking for at that time, point in time, you know. And mint chocolate chip is a polarizing flavor, just for the record, because some people love it, some yeah. people hate it. It's kind of, like, I feel like my, it's like the it, cilantro of ice cream flavors. Is mm. that crazy? Well, it, it's in my house, yeah. My wife loves mint chocolate chip. I'm, it's okay. It's fine. I, I'm not going to turn it down, but uh, definitely wouldn't be my first choice. So, yeah, I can, okay. I can understand that. But we can respect each other's choices and still make our selections yes. with full confidence, yes. kind of like the tight ends in 2023. All that to say, the Jets have a very loaded room, though. Like I said, Tyler Conklin, C.J. Uzama both return. They were signed last year in free agency. Jeremy Ruckert, the third-round pick from last year, on the roster. Kenny Yaboa on the roster. Mercedes Lewis could be on the roster, depending on what happens in free agency. If you're just tuning in, it was reported that he is – uh, that the Jets could be interested in Mercedes Lewis. Now, any, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. The one position we didn't really talk about was running back, and I want to get to that later because the Jets have a, a good room with Brees Hall returning, Michael Carter and Zonovan Bam Knight. But the Jets could always look to add a, another horse in the stable, whether that be free agency or the draft. But defensively here, when you take a look at what's going on, you would imagine the Jets are pretty set in the back end of the defense when you're talking about Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on, at corner, Michael Carter the second as well. Then at safety, Jordan Whitehead under contract. The Jets reportedly agreed to terms to acquire Chuck Clark from the Ravens. That won't be official until the start of the new league year when that can be processed in March 15th. So that is tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So for the Jets, you're probably looking at reserve roles in corner and secondary and safety, excuse me. So with that being said, let's creep down a level. Linebacker, C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams re-signed. Quan Alexander, a free agent. Jamie Sherwood could be in line for some more playing time. So again, that seems to be maybe second or third round and on. Defensive line is where it gets interesting, specifically defensive tackle, because Sheldon Rankins is an unrestricted free agent. He played a pretty big role for the Jets last year, and the Jets always like to add defensive linemen. So with that being said, whether it be 13, whether it be 43, the second round pick or the third round, who are guys that play inside 
at defensive tackle or have position versatility where they could go inside and outside like John Franklin Myers that could be an option for the New York Jets? Yeah, and if we're talking first round, um, you know, do the Jets need to do extra homework on Jalen Carter just in case he were to fall? Uh, you know, with his off the field question marks, uh, I find it hard to believe he would fall out of the top 10. But maybe you do a little bit extra homework just in case the, that situation arises. Um, now, more realistically, I think when you look to day two, that's where I think you're going to find some of the value at defensive tackle. Uh, if you're looking for a true run stopper, a guy that uh, can really plug the middle, Mozzie Smith from Michigan's your guy, uh, a guy that is really good against doubles. He has some quickness, so he can win one-on-ones. Um, but you know, he's a guy that you're going to plug in the middle. It's an unsexy position but he's going to really help your run game. Um, if you're looking for more of a uh, upside penetrator in the second round, then Gervon Dexter from Florida. This guy is huge, 6'6", 315 pounds, a basketball background, still learning kind of the, you know, the biomechanics of how to use his body to win with leverage and, uh, you know, use all these gifts that he has uh, to be disruptive. Uh, but there's a lot of talent there with Gervon Dexter. So you're, you're buying him, uh, you know, low, and then you're looking at the upside in, in two, three years and saying, okay, this guy could end up being a playmaker for us. But if you're looking for someone more that's going to help right away, because uh, Dexter is more of a, uh, a a long-term pick, I, I think you're looking at, um, you know, maybe a, a Zach Pickens from South Carolina. He, he's probably going to be in that third-round mix. Uh, former five-star guy who has quickness, has power, um, you know, can, and can play multiple positions up front. Um, you know, I think that uh, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, he's also in that mix. A guy that was a nose for the Badgers, but has pass rush potential. We saw it at the Senior Bowl. One-on-ones, um, he was able to, to win those because of his quickness, because of his hands. So uh, Keanu Benton in the third round could be an option. So this is a, a pretty decent defensive tackle class, depending on what you're looking for and where you want to spend uh, you know, the, such a, you know, your draft capital on the position. And you know that the Jets – always want to add depth and at the D-line position, whether that's on the mm-hmm. inside or the outside. And the way it is right now, when you take a look at who's unrestricted free agent, you're looking at Sheldon Rankins and Nathan Shepard. So let's just say those guys are gone for all intents and purposes. Then you're looking at a potential hole that the Jets need to fill. And the Jets' defensive ends right now are Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, John Franklin Myers has that position versatility, Bryce Huff, an RFA who I believe is going to be tendered, if not already. So there's depth there, but the inside of it is definitely where the Jets need some help. So I would say the only other position that I would want to bring up is really linebacker. We haven't really talked Mm -hmm. about, but for the Jets, with re-signing Quincy Williams, I would imagine that would be a round three or a day three option for the Jets. The Jets like athletic linebackers who typically played safety at one point in their career. Is there anyone that comes to mind that fits that bill for you? Definitely. A couple of guys, yeah, once you get to early day three, that might fit. Uh, DeMarvion Overshone from Texas, uh, 6'3", 230 pounds. Uh, he was a safety out of high school. Uh, and then he he moved, made the move to linebacker. They played him, they played him all over. They, they played him as more of a, uh, a Sam. They, they played him as uh, more of a Will. They, they, they moved him around a little bit. And uh, because he has this athleticism, he's a 4'5 guy. Really, really quick. He's explosive. He's got range. Uh, you know, he can mirror at the line of scrimmage with ease. Uh, that downfield speed, it, you know, shows up as a blitzer as well. So Overshone would be in that mix in the fourth round. And then, I mean, if you really want a guy 
uh, with speed. Owen uh, Papo from Auburn, he brings it uh, every time. I mean, this guy is – he was he had, like, double-digit uh, recruiting uh, offers in eighth grade. I mean, he, he had the nickname The Freak in middle school. This is he's, – he's been a kind of a tall tale uh, growing up in Georgia for a long time. Goes to Auburn. I don't know that he necessarily lives up to being, you know, the five-star that he was. But man, he's an athlete. Uh, at the combine, he ran a four three nine at six foot two hundred twenty five pounds. Uh, this guy can move, so he's got that freaky speed, strength. Uh, again, I don't know that you know the instincts are necessarily on the same level. Uh, you know, he'll take some false steps. He'll be out of position. Uh, you don't want him in the middle. Uh, you want him more on the outside where he can run and chase and use that speed. But man, he can he can flow downhill. He can and he'll stroke guys over the middle. Um, you know, there's, he can, he has some change of direction. So, you know, you feel like he can cover and, uh, you know, hold his own against tight ends and backs. Uh, and then plus he gives you something on, on special teams, uh, because of that speed, because of that toughness. So those two guys would make sense in the fourth round. Last position that I kind of want to hit on today. Cause we talked about safety a little bit in the past is mm-hmm. return man, because for the jets, the Jets are scheduled to release Braxton Berrios at the start of the new league year. And he's been the Jets punt returner, kick returner for the past pretty much three seasons. So for the Jets, if they were to look to add somebody in the draft that's maybe returns, maybe he plays offense, defense, whatever, who are the top options as returners that the Jets could look to add? Uh, Devin Chain from Texas A&M is going to be a really interesting uh, player to see where he goes in the draft. I think based off of ability, he should go top 50. But, you know, he's 188 pounds. And a lot of teams are not interested in a running back that's 188 pounds. But maybe when you get to the third round, uh, you know, a guy like that who can be a weapon out of the backfield, he can be that uh, change of pace option that you want. But then also help you out as a return man. That, that's like what he gives you. I mean, he has return experience. Uh, he had, what, I think a 96-yard kick return uh, in college. Uh, he had a 95-yard kick return in college. Um, so that speed that he brings can really uh, be a difference maker. And I, I think I don't. It, it's hard to figure out where his value is in terms of where exactly he's going to be drafted because, again, I think he belongs top 50 or so. But at 188 pounds, that's just going to be a problem for a lot of teams. But if you're using him as a rotational back and as a return man, um, you know, he's a guy that could be a real weapon for for an offense and then for also on special teams. What you just said is probably if you were a Jet for any running back is what would happen because the Jets have obviously a lot of very talented horses in the stable per se at running back. So he would be in the rotation, whether that be a chain or somebody else. And then also in the mix at returner as well. That's all we have on this episode of NFL draft preview presented by Verizon free agency, full swing here. And then next week we'll get back to full draft mode day. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next week. Thanks Ethan.